In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Our Bible study tonight from Psalm 56. Each psalm has a title. So the title of this psalm is To the Chief Musician Set to the Silent Dove in distant lands a mishtam of David when the Philistines captured him in Gat. So according to the title, the author is David. Also, the title indicates that it was directed to the chief musician. So some scholars said the chief musician is the Lord God himself. So David is offering this God psalm to God. Other scholars said the chief musician is the leader of the choir of the musicians in David's time, like he meant the singer or Asaph. Then he said to the silent dove in distant lands, some believe that the silent dove in distant lands was the tune to which this psalm was sung. But others connect this with the theme of the psalm itself, thinking it represents a dove in trouble. Then this dove is silent. And this dove, because in the trouble, migrated to distant land, away from the trouble. So David was in trouble when he was captured by the Philistines. And maybe they would kill him. So he tried to run away in distant land to hide. Also the dove is a symbol of innocence. So David may be compared to a dove for his innocence. Then in the title it's written a tam of David when the Philistines captured him in Gat. Some said Michtam means golden, so like a golden composition of David, golden song by David. When the Philistines captured him in Gat, this evidently refers to the event recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 21 from 10 to 15. When King Saul was chasing David to kill him and David did not find any place to hide. So he went to the Philistines to be with them and he met King Achish. But the counselors of the king told him, no, David is not coming to hide here. Did you forget how he killed Goliath 
Did you forget how many wars with the Philistines he killed them? He is here to spy on us that he may kill us. So they wanted actually this conspiracy against David and they wanted to kill him. So this event when David escaped from the hands of the Philistines, particularly from the hand of Achish, king of Gad. This psalm is composed to describe the feeling of David when driven from home. He's driven away from his city, his home, like a dove went to a distant land and compelled to seek a place of safety in a remote region, like a dove driven from its nest. So the whole title is a description of David as an innocent and uncomplaining sufferer, silent dove, uncomplaining sufferer among strangers. The Psalm 34 and this Psalm, the titles are almost identical. And they were written about the same period in David's life when he was captured by the Philistines. Also, the psalm can be des- can describe as a lament with a strong emphasis on trust in God and praise for his word. So, it can represent any one of us when we are in trouble or affliction and we cry to God to deliver us, but with a strong emphasis, as we'll see in the psalm, on trust in God and praise for his word. This psalm is an expression of personal experience. David also can be expression and prayer of a nation in exile. So if a whole nation was taken captive, they can pray the psalm, the psalm can represent them. Also the words of the psalm apply to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ was like a dove in his innocence, meekness, humility. But he was also like a silent dove. As we read in Isaiah 53 verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted Yet, he opened not his mouth. So he was silent, silent dove. He was silent before Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, when his enemies accused him. And Pontius Pilate told him, Are you going to give any answer about this? Also, he was silent when the Roman soldiers mocked him, slapped him on his face, and reviled him. And when he was led to be crucified, he did not open his mouth. Also, this psalm can represent the Holy Church, which often called a dove. The church is silent under all afflictions and persecutions by the ungodly wicked men. 
The words of this psalm also may be applied to any truly gracious soul. Soul who is innocent and humble as a dove and living among ungodly men and is afflicted by them yet patiently bears all that is said and done to it. Silent dove. This psalm is a short psalm, only 13 verse. In verse 1 and 2 we'll see earnest prayer. 3 and 4, David declares his confidence in God. 5 and 6, a description of the wickedness of his enemies. 7 to 9, David pleads in earnest hope. 10 to 13, confidence in God declared again. So let's start with verse 1 and 2. Be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. My enemies would hound me all day, for there are many who fight against me, O Most High. O Most High, Another translation goes like this For there are many, many prideful people who fight against me. So, in the original text, the word can be translated as referring to God almost too high, or can refer to the people in their pride and how they exalt themselves. Actually, the Arabic translation goes about this word refers to the people, not God. لَأَنَّ كَثِرِينَ يُقَاوِمُونَنِي بِكِبْرِيَاءٍ Many who fight against me with pride. That's the Arabic translation. But both meanings are correct. And I will address this uh, in the commentary on this song. So David begins the psalm by describing the severity of the attacks he is suffering. He was in great and constant danger from many enemies. He said, for many, there are many who fight against me. The many enemies are the Philistines and also King Saul and his servants. So he cried out to God, knowing that the divine help could rescue him from any man-made threat. And he appealed to the mercy of God, for with men he could find none merciful. That's why he said, be merciful to me, O God. David bleeds, not relying on what he may or may not deserve. He did not say, because I delivered your people from Goliath, so please deliver me now. No, he is not pleading based on his worthiness, but 
he beseeches the grace and the mercy of God. And the description here when he said, for man would swallow me up, fighting all day, he oppresses me. Swallow me up, they are like wild beasts rushing upon its prey. They are pursuing him across the wilderness and are pressing their attacks on David all day long. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. Also, this verse we can take it in a spiritual way, in our spiritual warfare. When we feel that the old man that was buried in baptism and the lusts of the flesh are continually fighting against our soul and oppress our soul and bringing our soul into captivity with many bad habits and threaten to swallow me up and sometimes the warfare is all day he said his enemies are many in this situation his own followers and friends were very few but his enemies were many this reminds me also of the Lord Jesus Christ during the time of the trial and uh, crucifixion everyone ran away and he was alone David encountered enemies wherever he went David's enemies trust their great numbers and they thought of themselves to be much superior to him as I told you the word can be translated into pride so they thought they are superior to him on earth David was greatly outnumbered so he looked for help from God who is enthroned above and if this word is translated almost high as if David say God from your highest place you watch and see all things you see their plans their conspiracy and you can easily disrupt and demolish them so the psalmist prayed that God will prove his own supreme exaltation almost high against these self-exalted boosters we as believers if we apply the sun on us also we have many enemies Satan sin world the temptation of the world seeking to devour and to destroy the person although they cannot as long as we are in the hand of God verse 3 and 4 whenever I am afraid I will trust in you beautiful verse whenever I am afraid what I should do I will put my trust in you in God 
I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? And I want you to, to see the switch. In verse 3 he said, Whenever I am afraid. But after he put his trust in God and his promises, the promises of God in, in the word of God, that's why he said, I will praise his word. There is a switch here. He said, I will not fear. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? All the day. David, who killed the lion and the bear. David, who killed Goliath. David was a successful young leader in Israel's army did not deny the presence of fear. He said, when I am afraid. There were many times when he was afraid. So here David is expressing his vulnerability. David was not a booster and did not hesitate to admit that there were times when he was afraid. Yet, he knew very well what to do with that fear. To boldly proclaim his trust in God despite the fear. I will trust in you. Yes, he is afraid, but knows within himself that he doesn't need to be afraid because he trusts God and he has God on his side. Then he said, I will praise your words. I, in God, I will praise your, his word. Why? God is unchangeable. And God is faithful and true to every word of his promises. And that's why there is great reason to trust in him. And not to be afraid. He told us, I am with you all the days unto the end of the ages. Don't be afraid. I will never leave you or forsake you. These are the promises of God. Therefore, he puts his confidence in God and will praise his word. Because in these words, he knew the promises of God. His trust in God was directly connected with the word of God. Because in the word of God, he got these promises. So his trust was not a blind hope. It was based on God's revealed character and revealed promises in the scripture. Trusting God has given David the momentum toward even greater faith. He was afraid, then he put all his trust in God while he was afraid. Then this trust took David to a higher step. I will not fear. I will not fear. So this trust in God removed all the fear 
from his heart. Like if a person has problem in, in work and then he met his boss and the boss told him, I will take care of this. Immediately the fear will be gone. That's what happened with David. Also, we need to notice that faith brings forth praise. I will praise your word. In God, I have put my trust. This is actually the essence of this psalm. When we are in trouble or affliction, put your trust in God. In all dangers, in all troubles, whatever happens, whatever seems to be approaching, the Psalms will never cease trusting in the Almighty. David realized that with God for him, it doesn't matter what man or men may be against him. He said, I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? Flesh means human being. What can flesh do to me? This is actually the true spirit of the martyr. When the Lord told us in Matthew chapter 10 verse 28, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Verse 5 All day they twist my words All their thoughts are against me for evil They gather together They hide They mark my steps When they lie in wait for my life So after David reached a very high place in his faith. He said, I will not fear. David now returns to the urgent reality of the present distress. David said all day long to show the rebuking duration of what David is enduring. In verse 5 he said, all day they twist my words and in verse 2 he said, my enemies would hound me all day. So David is using all day to show what he is enduring. The assault that David is receiving is not deserved. What did he do to deserve all this? And what are the tools that his enemies is using? They twist his words to give reason to attack him more. And this is a common way of warfare among the ungodly. Even with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Jews twisted and changed the word of Jesus Christ to catch him by a word. When they went to Pontius Pilate and said, We heard him. He said, I will destroy this temple and build it again in three days. So the attack against David were not only violent, 
but they were also deceitful with the twisting and rephrasing of his words and intentions seeking to give his word an evil meaning all their thoughts are against me for evil they are entirely determined on doing him some hurt and it did not stop at planning evil against him but the thoughts of the wicked turn it into meeting in secret plotting to harm him as he said they gather together they hide they mark my steps when they lie in wait for my life they gather together they don't attack him alone but they unite their forces against him they hide wicked evil men are weak coward and rich they mark my steps they watch him constantly they spy so that he can never be sure that he is not watched or stalked his many enemies constantly plotted against David for evil hoping to lie in wait and kill David with a surprise attack nothing would please the wicked men more than the death of the righteous godly men are wise seeing that they have many crafty enemies and seeing their own danger they place the whole case before the Lord and put themselves under divine protection verse 7 shall they escape by iniquity in anger cast down the people O God you number my wandering put my tears into your bottle are they not in your book when I cry, cry out to you then my enemies will turn back this I know because God is for me so starting from verse 7 David is appealing to God's justice it wasn't right for these wicked enemies to triumph over David he is wondering shall such iniquity at this go unpunished or escape righteous judgment and the punishment of God shall they escape by iniquity that's why he prayed in anger show them by your intervention and by preventing the success of their plans that they are under the divine authority and justice and wickedness does not establish security for them cast down they are exalted they, are, they exalt themselves in verse 2 so cast down this is opposed to their present exaltation and triumph over David cast down to their hopes and confidence of safety 
and success. In anger, cast down the peoples, O God. So the wicked may prosper and succeed, yet their success will not be sustained. In this period of David's life, he was completely alone. This made him value the sympathy and care of God even more. And he found great comfort in the thought that God noted his misery. Every step David has taken when pursued by his enemy was not only watched but thought worthy of counting and recording when he told him, you number my wandering. So every step when I am running away from my, my enemies, you watched them and you numbered them. And I want you to compare verse 8, you number my wandering, and verse 6, about the enemies, they mark my steps. So, they mark his steps to kill him, but God is numbering his steps. So why are the wicked? Mark the steps of the righteous to plan to harm them. God watches the righteous during his wandering and collect his tears as a deposit of glory prepared for him. He told him, put my tears into your bottle as if his tears like wine. And David is saying to him, store it in a bottle. So by a bold figure, God is said to collect and treasure his tears as though they were precious wine. He trusts that the Lord will be so considerate of his tears as to store them up as men store the wine. And he hopes that the place of storage will be special one, your bottle, not just a bottle. Put, the, put my tears in your pot. Are they not in your book? God records the trouble and tears of his believers in his book as events, as events that preoccupy his heart. Sometimes when we are in trouble, we feel that everyone left us, forsake us. But if we remember that God put our tears in his bottle and record them in his book for our glory, to give us glory for all these troubles that we endured for his name. That's why David said, are they not in your book? This expresses strong confidence that his tears would be remembered. They are recorded. They would not be forgotten. All the tears that godly people shed are remembered by God. If the tears are properly shed, shed in sorrow without murmuring or complaining, 
they will be remembered for our good. When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. So the psalmist felt that he had only to cry unto God. That all what he need to do. And this will secure the overthrow of his enemies. The certainty that God is on his side is the ground of his assurance that his enemies will, will be scattered. He said, this I know. Why? Because God is for me. God is on my side. God is for me. The powerful, fervent, passionate prayer of the righteous avails much against their enemies, as we read in James chapter 5. David is so confident that God will answer his prayer and he gave a reason because God is for me. This was the ground of David's confidence. He knew that God was for him and would answer his prayer for rescue. St. Augustine has a beautiful comment here. He said, A great knowledge. He does not say, I have known that you are God, but you are my God. Of all things, indeed, God he is, but for those godly men, God, peculiarly, he is said to be that love him, that hold him, that possess him, that worship him, as though belonging to his own house. That the word God is for me means we love him, we hold him, we possess him, we worship him. Augustine says, the great family of him are they, redeemed by the great blood of the only son, how great a thing has God given to us that his own should be, we, we should be, and he should be ours. We are his own and he is ours. Then the last four verses in this psalm. Verse 10. In God I will praise his word. He's repeating what he said before. In the Lord I will praise his word. So for the second and third time in this psalm, David declares the greatness of God's word. Why? Because this was how he knew that God for him. Actually in Isaiah 42, God said, you are mine. I know you by your name. So from the scripture, David knew that God is for him. That's why he said, I will praise your word. So this was not just a wish or a hope. It was well grounded because God said it in his word. David will firmly depend upon the promise for the sake of him that made this promise, who is true and faithful. 
In God, I have put my trust. He's repeating again. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Repeating again what he said before. I will not be afraid. Having thus put his trust in God, he looks with a holy contempt upon the threatening power of man. St. Paul puts this triumphant word into the mouth of every true believer in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? The sentiment in this verse is the same as verse 4. But in verse 4, he said, what can flesh do to me? He, here he said, what man can do to me? Verse 12. Vows made you are binding upon me. O God, I will render praises to you. So the psalm ends with an expression of thanksgiving and gratitude to God for the deliverance. Although the deliverance did not happen yet, but David is speaking about deliverance in the past tense, as if it happened, from his trust and confidence in God. So David was so confident that this uh, deliverance will happen. It's expected. It's looked upon as assured. That's why even spoke of as past. David, under his affliction, he made vows to God. And now, vows, he made promises of thank offering if God would come to his aid and save him from his enemies. Because now he is so sure that God will deliver him. That's why he said these vows he considered be, to be due now and himself to be under the obligation of paying them. Vow made to you are binding upon me. I will render praises to you. So they were, they were debts upon him he ought to pay off. But what are these vows? He said, I will render praises to you. Which explain what he meant by his vows. These vows, sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. Verse 13, last verse. Now he is explaining why he will give sacrifices of praise. For you have delivered, notice in the past tense, although he's still in the trouble. For you have delivered my soul from death. Have you not kept my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? So, the psalmist view, view his entire deliverance as accomplished already. God delivered him from imminent danger of death when in the hands of the Philistines. Also, in a spiritual way, we can
can say this may include the deliverance of a soul from spiritual death in which all of us by nature as we read in Psalm 51 was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me so after every repentance and every confession and every communion we need to say for you have delivered my soul from death and then he told him have you not kept my feet from falling why God kept his feet from falling that I may walk before you before God in the light of the living walking before God means walking in his sight walking in the fear of God God sees and knows all hard thoughts words and action walking before God means to do the will of God to do what pleases God we read about Anna he walked with God means he actually did the will of God and as St. Paul explained in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 when it was mentioned about Enoch he walked with God means that he pleased God and why God wants us to please him simply because this is for our benefit it's not just for him to be exalted more it's for our benefit that I may walk before you in the light of the living what does it mean in the light of the living that I may walk before God in the light of the living it is to walk as the children of the light and to walk in the light of Christ he said I am the light of the world he who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of light St. Augustine says therefore brethren to this end let all these things serve us that God freely we love in him hope always neither man or nor devil fear so when we hope in God when we love him we will not fear man or devil neither the one nor the other does anything except when it is permitted no one can touch us unless he get permission from God and why God may allow something permit something like this permitted for no other reason can it be except because it does profit us as I told you why God wants us to please him because it will profit us even when God allows us to go into trouble at the end it will profit us let us endure evil men let us be good men because even we have been evil in the time of non-repentance St. Augustine continues and says even as nothing God shall save men so God for saving us it doesn't require for him to do anything by a word of his mouth of whom we dare to, to despair therefore 
of no one let us despair don't fall in despair if you trust in God you will never fall in despair for all men whom we suffer let us pray St. Augustine says for all men whom we suffer let us pray from God let us never depart don't depart from God our patrimony let him be let him be our father our hope let him be our safety let him be he is himself here a comforter there a rewarder wherever maker alive and of life the giver he is the giver of life not of another life but of that whereof has been said I am the way the truth and the life in order that both here in the light of faith and there in the light of sight here we see God by faith when we go there by sight in this light as it were in the light of the living in the sight of the Lord we may be pleasing so to summarize this quote St. Augustine said don't depart from God let him be everything in your life he will comfort you he will bless you he will make you walk in light because he is the light and he will give you life because he is the life I am the way, the truth and the life here on earth you will walk in the light of faith you believe in him there in the light of sight when we go to heaven we will see him that's that's the meaning of the word the light of the living in the sight of the Lord we may be pleased this concludes chapter uh, Psalm 56 from the book Psalms glory be to God forever and ever Amen